Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. It's hard to imagine a time when Brooke Shields wasn't a part of our pop culture awareness. Whether it's her films, her legendary modeling career, honestly, how can you not think of her line in that Calvin Klein commercial? You want to know what comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing. Or maybe even her time on TV in the sitcom Suddenly Susan. She's just been a part of our lives for more than 40 years, defining culture and frankly, being a badass along the way. And now Shields is adding businesswoman and podcast host to her already impressive resume. Her business, Beginning Is Now, is really more than just a business. Sure, she sells great athleisure wear, but Beginning Is Now is more like a collective for women of all ages to embrace their age, their weight, wherever they are right now. It's just the beginning. And her podcast, Now What?, is a natural extension of her brand, asking thought leaders and celebrities about that moment when everyone is forced to ask themselves, now what? Beyond that, we also chatted about her new HBO holiday film, Holiday Harmony, and honestly, I'm actually really excited. It's the season to watch holiday films. I know, don't shoot me. I know it's early too, but I love a Christmas movie. And I'm Jewish, which is, you know, even more confusing. Um, And we talked at length about body image and how she handled being uncomfortably sexualized as a child by the media in many interviews. So go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back with Brooke Shields. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Congrats on the new podcast. Oh, thank you. It's, it's exciting. I just um I just interviewed Gail King. That was, uh. that was- Gail King, I start every single morning with Gail King. She is mm-hmm. my go-to. She's my everything. I wear yellow because of her, and I never <laughs> wear color. I only wear black. She is everything. What what inspired you to do this podcast, and how much fun was Gail King? I mean, it was. I, I was actually a little nervous, but um, just because you know she's interviewed me, and she's always on that side, and yeah. um, and she was d- delightful, and. I um a I I just asked her I've I she was very she's been very supportive of beginning is now which is my the company I started and we did something for Oprah Daily and and she's just really been such a huge champion of 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 beginning is now for me which was amazing and I've just worked with her and been interviewed by her over the years yeah uh, what inspired me is starting this company and then going through a very dramatic um the uh, injury mm. and really kind of being taught to ha- having to learn how to walk again and being afraid for the first time seriously yeah. afraid um and 
I, I really did ask myself the question, now what? Now what am I going to do? Mm. Um, will I ever walk again? Will I ever dance again? Will, you know, it, it was, it was such a sort of moment of a pivotal moment for me. And I, I started thinking about all of the people that we hear their stories and many of them we don't know. They don't, don't necessarily have to be successful, but yeah. everybody goes through these now what moments when they're pivotal moments in their life where they're, they're thrown something that they're on the unexpected. Yeah. It could be tragedy. It could be loss. It can be something good. It can be not getting into that college, not getting that job, losing that job, whatever the thing, divorce. Yeah. Um, there's so many different things. And what is it that makes people get back up again? And and when they ask themselves, now what? This is not what I anticipated. This is not what I'm ready for. Um, now what do I do? And all you do is sort of bring that up to people and they will just tell you. There are stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, as soon as you said it, I immediately, because I, I, I had the exact same thing when I'm fine now, but a couple, like 10 years ago, I had cancer and it was a, it was a, it was a weird pivotal shift of like, for, for professionally for me of because I was yeah. just stand up then I was just performing and making no money and trying desperately to make my way into things and it when you get sick or something does not even illness but something traumatic right. happens to you where you have to then ask yourself well what do I want to do and what is happening mm -hmm. to me and what does it mean where is this new me going and you you find yourself in a lot of ways I think and we don't notice I mean it's interesting because you can go to therapy, you can do all these things sort of and think you are getting to know yourself and you are. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm for sure a supporter of that, but in, you still haven't put yourself to the test yet. And when something big happens, yeah. it, how you respond really reveals a great deal about your character that mm -hmm. you don't necessarily even know enough to look into. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And I think you hosting this podcast and having those conversations as someone who has been a fan of yours for a long time, you have lived so many lives that like you are the perfect podcast host person to talk to <laughs> because I feel like you probably have a story for every scenario. I have a story for every person too, which is yeah. so wild because my producer <laughs> we'll sit there and I'll, you know, later she'll say, what the hell was that story come? Where'd you get that from? You know, and I've been doing this a version of whatever it is you call it um, that I do for 57 <laughs> years, you know, and, and I, and it's put me in and out of such a, a, a mixture and a myriad of different experiences. And, but what's interesting is I know all these people somehow, yeah. Or, or there's some kind of a connection. And yet, having spent so many decades on the other side of that, mm. having no problem answering questions, but pushing and, and getting people to say is has been really a huge learning curve for me. Uh, it's because hard. It's not in my it's not in my natural nature to push people to discomfort or or and that's not the goal obviously no. but to to not let people just sort of get off the hook so easily especially if they've written about something and then you're bringing it up you know it's i've never had a problem being an open book it's just that's yeah. sort of how i lived my life but it's been really interesting for me to sort of and my you know my producer will text me and she'll say don't back off of this it's okay mm -hmm. you know and i'm 
oh my God, what if they don't like me? You know, that harkens back to when I was a kid. Of course. Well, there's also something in, and I think I got this a long time ago, just in performing, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. Like an un feeling yeah. uncomfortable is actually a good, to me at least, a good learning experience, a good feeling, because it means that it means something to me. Right. Whatever, whatever's making me feel uncomfortable, I have to communicate because it, it matters then, or else I wouldn't feel uncomfortable about it. Right. And I think, I mean, that's how I've made most of my Broadway decisions. <laughs> because <laughs> they've, they've always been, oh boy, really? What are you going to do? You're going to do this to yourself? Okay. And then, but the, the feeling of triumph is, is such a gift and we don't, you know, we don't, not everybody gets to feel that. And so I, I, I look at it differently. Um, making other people feel uncomfortable is definitely uncomfortable for me, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's part of the job in a way. I mean, trust me, I do this for a living where it's just, you have conversations and like, I always said, I'm not good at a lot of things, but I can talk. That's all I can do is talk. <laughs> well, I'm, I feel silences, which is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the beginning, I was not only asking questions, but I was answering them for them. Yeah. You know, I'll say like, so what was this like? I mean, did you like it a lot or did you not like it a lot? <laughs> and they'll be like, ask the question and shut up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I want I I, I want to give them an out. You know, yeah. I want to tell them how they shouldn't really answer any of my questions. <laughs> like, that's not gonna be good for a podcast. No, no, you gotta you gotta let them lead that way a little bit. Exactly. I've gotten much better at it. And I think it's yeah. so perfect. I think it's such a good fit. I've listened, I think it's just it's just it's it's just you're so good at it but also i feel like it fits everything you're doing you mentioned your brand and, yes and it, that i've really loved as a person who is also who is plus size having an option for a brand that is for women or just any gender across the gender spectrum to right. be able to have sizes available in all sizes is right. such a huge thing and i love that you because of who you are I don't think it would necessarily we would necessarily expect that from you and it's so refreshing that your brand is so inclusive in that way because you know you're you're you're, you're calvin klein like your skinny jeans like that's who you are like i wouldn't expect oh. a 3x on there you know what i mean well you know i learned a lot by working with um uh while i was doing something with qvc and i got to really learn a lot more about um about sizing and you can't just take the cut of one thing and make it bigger you know and there's so many so many different variables to it and um so that's been an, important i you know the apparel world is a very we never set out to be an apparel company and we really aren't but yeah. i wanted the perfect pair of leggings yeah. and i wanted the perfect sports bra so i said well i've been working out forever so why don't we do that and um and people have really loved it um but i think the inclusivity piece has been so across the board for us mm -hmm. because you know i've been doing so many different speaking engagements and 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 interviews and with the podcast and being interviewed and and once you start the conversation with women over a certain age it doesn't matter who you are, how you were raised, where you live, what socioeconomic, what ethnicity, what yeah. size, what it does not, it absolutely is this leveling um, experience to, to feel a part of a community mm -hmm. that nobody's excluded from. Yeah. You, you know, and, and that has been such a 
God, it's been such a revelation to us because it's what I wanted, but to see it come to fruition has been very organically too. Like that sort of, that's, that's what I I love about it is that it just so, and that you're right. It's not just a brand, it's a lifestyle in a way. And it's, and I mean, even for me, like going through like clothes shopping, I can never shop in the, in the typical men's section because they don't offer sizes for me that fit my Uh body in the way my body is. So I have to go to the women's section to find alternative sizes, finding jeans or finding, you know, athletic wear or like anything that is not just sort of in, fits into the binary of like what this is what a man wears, this is what a woman wears, where it's mm-hmm. like having that expansive sizing is it really lets people endears themselves to you in a lot of ways and what you're doing and the message of beginning is now. You know what I mean? Thank you. I remember when I was, um, I mean, I, I deal with this and people uh, probably scoff at this, but I, I deal with this whenever I do a photo shoot every single time. And I'm telling you this every time (laughs) I say to them, I don't fit into sample sizes. I've never fit into sample sizes. Please don't bring me runway. I will not fit into it and I won't feel good. So please bring me my size. I'm going to be doing this photo shoot for you. Could you bring me clothes that fit, please? And every single time they come with racks and racks of stuff just off the runway. And, oh, don't worry about it. We'll leave it all open in the back while we take your picture. I'm like, oh, that's a confidence builder. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you you very much for that. And I I got so sick of not being told I was skinny enough as a, as a little, as a little model. And I always said to my, to myself, like, that that feeling nobody should be able to have that feeling nobody should have that feeling and when you start and my my i have a daughter who's 16 she's six one the tears for things that don't fit her yeah they don't everything short on her now granted you people could say oh yeah sure i'm short you you're lucky you're tall but for a 16 year old it's a lot who have pants that only go up to her, you know, mid cap. Mm-hmm. And she just feels horrible. Yeah. And and you just think, God, we need to find a way to at least change the narrative about yeah. around all of this. And, and, you know, it's, it, I think it's, that was really important to us. Um, when we set out to do this, the, the very limited apparel um, yeah. workout. Well, and it's across the board. I mean, the, the, I can fully can relate to your daughter in that it's like when you go into a dressing room and that thing just doesn't fit and nothing ever fits, like you feel like you can't even shop in a real store because things just don't fit the way they're supposed to because the things right. that are available to you are always sort of one type size. It's, it's demoralizing in a lot of ways. You feel well, sort of other than. And the, the stupid overhead lighting in those. Oh, God. It's like, I, it, that makes me crazy. And I, I learned something by doing Suddenly Susan. Um, I do have a question about that as well. Okay. That's my <laughs> favorite time of my life. Um, I, it, it would not matter when we were in the, in the beginning of the, the shoot, when we were in first season, you know, everything was on a budget. You know, we had, we, the, the cheaper the clothing, the better we, we were able to. Yeah put together her closet and by, you know, and everything had to be fitted. Everything had to be tailored, everything. I mean, they took loops off jeans and brought the loop down to pull it up. You know, they yeah. shortened 
the zippers, they, you know, moved pockets to a different angle. So it made the visual look yeah. right. There were all these brilliant tricks that these, that these women did, these seamstress, yeah. um, all from other parts of the world and just master art artists. And then we started getting fancier because we got picked up and picked up. And, yeah. and by the third season, we were wearing, we were getting access to designer things. And fancy, fancy clothes, you know, yeah. and nice brands. And they had to do the same amount of altering on the nice stuff than they did on the shittier made stuff. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? People need to know this because yeah. there's no such thing as one body. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and yes, I had to maintain a certain I mean, they didn't tell you, God forbid they tell you, which yeah. is good that they didn't tell you that. But, you know, you have you, Susan has a closet, so yeah. I have yeah. to wear her clothes, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it struck me and I thought, wow, you know, people don't know this. Nobody fits. Even these, the, the, who you think is the ideal supermodel or runway body. Yeah. Stuff's all been, been tucked and tailored and cut and stitched yep. and. Yep. You know, because there's no one body type, and and it and it just it struck me as an important conversation to have. Definitely. Well, I do I do have a question about suddenly suddenly Susan, but before I get to that, I have to talk to you about your holiday film because, as now I know, I'm a Jew. I should not enjoy holiday movies as much as I do, <laughs> but I do love a. Ho I get so excited for the holiday. Me and my friend, I have a good friend, Danny Pellegrino, who's a podcaster, big guy, and he and I obsess over everything, pumpkin spice, holiday moment, everything. <laughs> so the fact that you're doing this HBO Max holiday movie, Holiday Harmony, which I love, what, like, are you, are you also a holiday person? And like, why um, are you not doing that? Uh, so, okay, so did you see Castle for Christmas? Yes, I did. Netflix I did. Okay, so, so <laughs> I, I, lo I love rom-coms. I love holiday movies. I, I love all, I love all of that stuff. Um, I get a little sad around the holidays, but that's just because of like the people I've, you know, don't have anymore. And um, so that it's always like a little bit of a fraught period of time, but I love the, um, the machinations of it. You know, I love the hot chocolate and I love the tree and the decorating of the tree and all this stuff. And I love the watching of the movies. And I, I even like watching the really old ones, like with Clarice where and like the, the, you know, put one foot in front of the other, all those songs and stuff. So I, I love that part. I had never really done a holiday movie. And then I did Castle for Christmas, which was so much fun. <laughs> Such a joy to make. I was away for two months by myself in Scotland. Oh, wow. And the movie did so well and brought so many people joy mm -hmm. coming out of the pandemic. It was really, it was it just made me feel really good. You know, there's nothing edgy about any of it. It's not dark. You know, there's knitters. There's we don't need edge. And, yeah. and, you know, I used to look to edge when I was a kid and be like, oh, that's, those are the kind of movies I want to suffer in movies. And I'm going to be a real actress. And, yeah. and, and I've just had so much fun. So then when they came to me for um, holiday harmony, I, I thought, ooh, do I want to do another one right back to back? But it was a small part. Um, and it was a it was a funny, funny part. I had to work with alpacas. <laughs> so 
I kind of loved that. Yeah. <laughs> I um I don't have a very big part in in the movie, so I don't have to carry it. So yeah. when they you know they asked me and they treated me so beautifully, and and Annalise where is the the lead of it is just such an angel of this earth, and her voice is so ridiculous that I thought just you know say yes to making people happy in movies and. Oh and music and it was a musical i love it it's yeah, like a paid it, vacation for you and a, a visual <laughs> vacation for me you know it, yeah it definitely was so i uh yeah I, I love i like doing those kinds of i love comedy yeah i i'm happy when i'm doing comedy i just i get it so much it's yeah. so in my it's in my blood and it's kind and of it, a surprise i don't think people i mean i I was a kid of television. Like I was obsessed with television. I was especially, especially obsessed with NBC when I was a kid and, and that era in like the nineties of sort of like friends and that whole block of mm -hmm. television, you know, that was happening at the time. And suddenly Susan really fit that. And I was so surprised that you were funny when I was a kid. Now I know, of course you're funny, but like, it, I think a lot of people were surprised that, that you were so good on suddenly Susan. It was kind of a twist for you because I don't think people expected that from you do you i mean you, you obviously think back on it fondly like would you do another suddenly susan type show would you yesterday show? yesterday i would do it yeah <laughs> today i'll fly out anywhere and do it um it is my i mean listen i hope that sitcoms come back and the multicam um i don't know i mean they're cheaper to make for sure but um i love the sort of that marriage between um, TV and theater, you know, because you're performing live. And I think that's all changed because of COVID, but maybe it will come back. What I was amazed at is, so I had this sort of image in film that was always provocative or controversial or whatever it was. It was always serious and, and love stories and, and all that. And, and all the while I was working with Bob Hope mm. and well, that's those, right. yeah in every single Christmas special and every very special and in Beirut and in we were even in Russia and England and, and yeah. Paris and you know doing all these shows for these the military and the USO shows when it was all sketch comedy mm. and it was I got the best training and then it wasn't but still people weren't putting two and two together which was fine I mean yeah. and then when friends came along and I was given the opportunity to be to play a character in Friends they didn't let they didn't want me to be crazy in the beginning they took out they didn't have the they wouldn't let me do the laugh they wouldn't let me like really do the licking of the fingers and all that stuff and I kept begging them and finally after doing the first pass um you do that you do each scene twice from the other end of the stage Marta Kaufman said Shields put it back in and I, it was in that moment that I thought, okay, this is my, this is me now. This is my get to do what I want to do. And it, it really set the precedent for the rest of, you know, for, for suddenly Susan and even lipstick jungle. And yeah, so good. You're so good at it. Well, I just have a few more questions. I think self-deprecation is, is what really was important for me yeah. to sort of be someone who was considered glamorous or looking a certain way right and then fall on my face yeah. or make fun of my height or make fun of something else or you know have me not be polished and put together 
was something that hadn't really been. I mean, you did see it with Lucille Ball. I mean, she was yeah. a beauty queen before yeah. she be really kind of embodied slapstick and all of that. And to me, that was always what I did in school and with my friends. And um, but the 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 self deprecation in it was was I think what was appealing to people because it sort yeah. of demystified it and like I don't take myself so seriously nor should you it kind of fit in line with what you're doing now with the podcast and beginning is now in that like you know you do have an image we've grown up with you we know like you said you were that serious sort of actor model like you were in those serious films and they were and then there was the modeling and you were you were kind of the original influencer in a lot of ways you know what I mean in that like you were the original Kardashian in that you you kind of had this aura of you. So then to see you go and make fun of yourself in Suddenly Susan, in the way that Susan did, and the mm -hmm. comedy that you had, it was, it made it less serious and more like, oh, this is a girl I could talk with. Like, this, <laughs> you know what I mean? I it's, could go drink with her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is off a bar stool. <laughs> it takes down that sort of mystique of what the beauty is or what the, you know, the, the model, the, the unobtainable things that, you did represent, I think, for a long time. And that what was so interesting about you is that I, I remember reading old articles and it happens often, and I see this often, where articles come up about your interviews from when you were a kid and the way that the media talked with you and, mm. and sexualized you as a kid. And it is uncomfortable to read now, but to see where you've gone from that moment in your career till now is kind of, it's it's hopeful and and very refreshing in a way that you were able to sort of get beyond a lot of that do you how do you feel about those those things that keep getting brought up in the media sometimes around me too and the other things and and your treatment as a child in your beginning of your career i mean i think if i didn't have my mom you know so avariciously protecting me i don't think i maybe i would have had a different trajectory emotionally through 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 that part of the business um but she was so protective of me that I did maintain a certain naivete, which allowed me to find joy in the actual work and in the travel and in the experiences. Being in those um, situations where Barbara Walters is asking me what my measurements are, or, yeah. you know, I mean, just the, the sort of the lack of respect for a young person, mm -hmm. um, it didn't insult me or hurt my feelings but what it did was it just made me lose so much respect. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh, here we go again. I thought these were supposed to be with the smart people, but I guess not, you know. Yeah. And I would just, and my mom would say, you have to let them get the question out before you answer it. <laughs> because <laughs> I'd be so used to answering the same old question. And I'd be like, okay, here we go, you know. And I, so I didn't feel scarred by it because I didn't look up to this type of a person yeah you know what i mean like i didn't i didn't have any i wasn't in awe because i thought well you know whatever i can't remember what his name was but one of the nighttime um not yeah. like carson was always so sweet letterman was always so sweet to me those are the like the good guys you know but yeah. later on stuff um you know they would flat out lie like they would say like oh i don't watch the, I don't read those magazines or whatever and the magazines yeah. would be right there or there was they thought I was an idiot yeah and they thought that they could speak to me 
condescendingly and speak down to this little girl. And I, I just would think you have no idea what you're talking about. I just spent four months doing this, whatever this project was. I lived it day in and day out. I may be 15, but I'm, I'm so far ahead of the game than you are even in this line of questioning, you know? Wow. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it's, I'm so glad that you're a voice where, and you're still sort of doing things now. And with the podcast, I think it's exactly where you should be. And I'm so glad to speak <laughs> with you, you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very, I'm in awe of what, you know, what, what you do. This is a new world for me and I'm really enjoying it. And, um, and it's been good to see the through line between the roles I'm playing yeah. and being offered. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, it, it, I'm, it's it's such an honor to sort of be this age and still being asked to do the thing that I love to yeah. do, and then also having the message in now what as a podcast, similar but different to beginning yeah. is now to the movies that are casting women in their fifties yeah. and, and giving them a, a love life and a relationship and and children, and you know, it's I think it's refreshing it really is and you're killing it i'm i'm so i'm so excited to be able to speak with you thank you so much have a great rest of your day thank you you too i kid you not i was obsessed with brooke shields as a kid i loved suddenly susan like that was my first introduction to brooke shields and i think it's a fantastic sitcom and i don't know where it's streaming but you should try to watch it wherever you can watch it anyway let me know what you thought of today's episode you can find me at h allen scott on everything and thanks for listening to newsweek's parting shot If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review and maybe consider sharing it on social media because that always helps. And for more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek.com, go and subscribe to Newsweek's For the Culture newsletter. I send it out every Tuesday and Thursday, and it's everything you need to know in pop culture. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. 